from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. On this episode of Newt's World... Rising gas prices, supply chain issues, the highest inflation in 40 years, uncertainty in the markets, and interest rate increases. All of these factors add up to economic instability for many Americans. When I talk with people and the subject of the economy comes up, almost everyone wants to know why are we facing such a challenging economic situation and how can they protect their own finances? So I want to talk with someone who has been advising people on their personal finances and investments for over 25 years. That's why I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Charles Thornburn. Charles served in the Air Force for five years, was stationed for three years at Ramstein Air Base in Germany. After the Air Force, he returned to Los Angeles and began working as a stockbroker. He is now the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Let's start with the Air Force. You and I were talking earlier about the fact that as a kid, my dad, who was in the Army, had served at Stuttgart, which is about two and a half hours away from Randstein. You were a jet mechanic for F-4s and F-16s. And in that period, what were the lessons you took away that you brought back home with you? Interesting question. You know, one of the things about our job there in Germany and back then, there were two Germanys. We were in the middle of the Cold War. The job was to be the first line of defense. So with that, 
and the seriousness of that job, you know, it was always to be aware, to be prepared, to look at the inevitable and say, I'm prepared regardless of what it takes of me and my fellow service members to be ready. And I think that's something that when we really look at it, it's a lot to ask of a young man or a young woman, but it creates something in you. It creates you to be better than who you are. You work with a group of people and you depend on them as they depend on you. And it creates for a better society, I believe. So when you were doing that, did you have this sense that in your time in the Air Force, you kind of grew as a person? Absolutely. You know, we used to joke, I joined the service as a boy, I left as a man. And I think that really means something because it changes your parameters. When you do something as giving, as saying, I will devote my entire being to make sure that we have what we have in America, it changes the way you think. Become a man or woman who have a place in society to make things better. That's our job, to protect and to make it best for everyone. As I understand it, you actually met your wife, Marilyn, while serving in the Air Force. I absolutely did. That's 35 years ago. But yeah, that's where we met. We were both first line of defense. And it's been a wonderful thing for me, you know, not only to grow as a man, I learned to be a husband and learned to be a father from that and to devote to someone more than you do to yourself. You hear that passage that marriage is a 50-50 thing. And we don't believe that. We believe it's 100%. You've got to give everything that you have to the other. And then when they in turn do the same to you, that's how a marriage lasts. That's how you have long-term success. So that's interesting. So it's sort of 100-100 rather than 50-50. That's a pretty good way to think of it. Now, when you got out of the Air Force, it shows Marilyn's influence. You ended up in Los Angeles, which is where she was from, and you began working in the financial services industry as a stockbroker. Now, the transition from being a jet mechanic in Germany to being a stockbroker in Los Angeles. What was that like? It definitely was different. But for me, being a broker is really about serving your customer, serving your clients, doing what's best for them, making sure that they have the stability to meet their needs. And when I really looked at it at an expanded view, you know, it was kind of the same as being a jet mechanic. I did what I did on those vehicles to make sure that that pilot had that safety that they needed that jet was able to perform its function to protect the United States and its interests. And also that pilot who had a family as well. When you have a servant's heart, you find the similarity in things and it becomes easier to do things that way when you have that heart. When you approach your new job as a stockbroker and you're trying to understand what your clients and your customers really need, I mean, how do you go about doing that? I think it's a brilliant insight, but it's also quite a change from what you've been doing in Ramstein. You know, it really was, but I think it goes back to a mentality. It's been said I have an older soul. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll take it as a good thing. <laughs> but when you try to help somebody, the best way to help is to actually care, to spend the time to find out beyond the surface what someone needs what someone requires to meet their goal or to have a retirement. You need to dig in. You need to spend time and understand what that person's goals are, what their fears are, what some of the areas of concern are, some, as I like to call them, pitfalls that could get in the way of what their goal is so that you can tailor a plan to meet that goal, right? 
it's not about me and it's not about my job. It's about them and their dreams and their goals and their scenario. And the only way to effectively help someone is to approach it from that aspect because not everyone needs what I need. I have to build my business even then as a broker based on what my client needs because that is the goal to keep a successful client, a happy client, is to meet their needs. From that standpoint, as you're paying attention to your client's needs, you've lived through recessions in 1992, 98, 2002, the housing market crash in 2008, and yet you're trying to provide security to your customers. How did all that affect you? It was an interesting time. As a broker at the time, we believed that, you know, equities were the center of the universe. Everything revolved around them. And as I got to be a little older and a little wiser and saw more of what was happening in the world and talking to my clients and seeing what their needs were, I started running into this scenario where things didn't make sense, right? Equities weren't the be all end all. I had preached to be diversified and as life went on, we realized diversity means more than just different stocks. It means diversity of asset classes. And that's where the real protection comes. And this is how I could truly meet customers' needs by being in not one basket of things, but being in several different baskets. Most investments have a cylindrical approach. There's ups and downs, and they follow a cycle. So by finding out what that cycle was, you could meet the needs by offering the objects that were different from what you had a core belief in. That's how I found metals. So explain that. You found metals. What does that mean? It means when I'm having heart-to-heart -heart conversations with clients and doing the best that I could, my clients always had an open line to call me and say, hey, this is what's happening. How do I stop this? As I searched the markets, I realized the vehicle that made sense because we were dealing with inflation then much like we are now, didn't meet the true parameter. As I'm doing my research, I see gold and I see silver and it's increasing in value. And I said to myself, okay, why? Because the why is as important as the what. In the research that I did, I came to the conclusion that metals were that anti-dollar investment. They had a reverse relationship with the dollar. And that's what we were really fighting. Inflation was bad, but we we're also fighting dollar problems and it made sense. I said, okay, let's follow this path a little further in. And that's when metals really became a part of my life as a personal investment of mine, but also recommending it to my clients. And that was something that I was doing that I couldn't even offer them at the time. As I understand it, you've actually worked with four different gold companies. That is correct. So once you got into gold and precious metals, you really found that gave you a sense of comfort that you could deal with your clients' needs in a way that was very different than when you were just giving them paper equities. Absolutely. You know, there's very little out there in the realm of precious metals for investors. A stockbroker, that's like a lawyer. You throw a stick and you're going to hit two of them. So to help people, you had to be able to offer something that's not there. And that's where that led. My first two jobs in precious metals were learning the industry. After that, it was time to make the precious metals industry more customer-oriented. And that's when I started my own companies, because that's how I could accomplish that. And I understand that your son, Andrew, played a role in convincing you that legacy was the right place to go. Absolutely. 
And he's also part of the reason why it's called Legacy, because that's what we're working on, our family legacy. Andrew worked with me at a previous company that I owned. Amazing young man. I couldn't be prouder as a father. My best salesman. And when it was time to make a change, he convinced me that we weren't done yet. America still needed help. We had a duty. We had knowledge. We had concern. And we still had the energy to do something that was constructive and that it was time for us to do this as a family organization and do the things we've always meant to do, create a legacy for us and our clients. So in that sense, Legacy Precious Metals is family-owned and that you focus on customer education as your first priority. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many people call me and they're invested, but they have no idea what they're invested in or more importantly, why. Something as important as your retirement and your livelihood, you should know what and why. And we don't see that enough nowadays. You know, you look at your average portfolio from a brokerage house and you've seen company names, but you know, you don't even know what those companies believe. What are their core values? Never mind what assets do they hold? What do they do? You know, I like to call it the chase for yield leads people to do things they wouldn't normally do or get involved with companies they wouldn't normally be involved with because they're chasing a yield. And if you approach those same people and ask them what they would do for $100, they wouldn't do near as much as what some of these companies do because their own moral code would prevent them from doing it. So knowing not just who, but what is really important to a portfolio. Every family's financial situation is unique. But right now, one thing is certain. Inflation is out of control and eating into our savings and our retirement. That's why you need to talk with the experts at Legacy Precious Metals about investing your IRA or 401k in something you can count on, gold. At Legacy, we offer personalized customer service. We listen and provide you with the information you need to make an informed decision. At Legacy, you won't deal with pushy salespeople. You work with financial experts who offer tailored advice based on your financial goals. Protect your family and your investments. Find out if investing your IRA or 401k in gold is right for you. Talk with one of our financial experts at Legacy Precious Metals today. Call 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or download Legacy's free investor guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles, you heard me say in the introduction how many people are feeling economically insecure these days. I must say, somewhere between rising gas prices, Calista told me when she filled up her car, it was $91. And she was sort of in a mild state of shock. And I gather in California, it's much worse. Even more than gasoline, we're seeing food go up dramatically. And in order to cope with the inflation, as of last Wednesday, the Fed started to raise interest rates. And some people think they may raise them six more times this year to help curb inflation. The Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, announced on Wednesday, March 16th, that the Fed raised interest rates for the first time since 2018 by a quarter point. And they expect to keep rising somewhere between a quarter and a half percent at a time. Now, from your standpoint, why does the Fed find raising interest rates essential to help curb with inflation? 
the thought is by making things more expensive, you reduce demand. Okay. They're saying inflation is due to high demand and people wanting more. So people have to pay more to get items because there's limited supply. Theoretically, it works, but as most things theoretically, in practicality, it doesn't really work. Look at what happened in 2018 when he tried to raise the interest rates. It caused a tremor in the stock market. And the Fed decided then that we were not in a position to deal with an equities turnaround. So they stopped the process, which is unfortunate. You know, the inflation we deal with today is based on what we didn't do in the past few years. And we look at that number and Inflation, everyone's saying, you know, 8%. No, it's going to be 10% soon. But the reality and the concern that people should have is that the way that inflation has been reported has changed. If you look at actual inflation right now, you're looking at inflation that is touching 16%. If we go back to the numbers from when you balance the budget for us, Newt, and use those same numbers for inflation, you're looking at 16% inflation, not 8%. And that's a travesty that we've taken this kind of a course that the manipulation of numbers to make people feel better is more important than actually addressing the issue at hand. So we look at that number and we say, you know, six more hikes in the course of this year, which is unprecedented, you know, Every hike is going to be a platform for precious metals, especially gold and silver, to move higher because that's what it does. That's the balance that it provides. But every hike is also going to take a toll on the stock market. You hear people say, oh, this is priced into the market, but we know that it's not. Look what happened when we just did a simple quarter of a percent. The market took a jolt and expect to see more of that because the six raises this year is just this year. You will see the Fed step out and do more so in the next following years as well. Because if we look at that real number of 16% inflation, it doesn't come down quickly or easily. It's painful. Well, and the inflation problem is being compounded by the various supply chain shortages. I mean, the Department of Commerce said that the global semiconductor shortage probably will not slow down until the second half of the year. Texas A&M study found that feed grade farms in 2022 could face an increased cost of about 128000 per farm due to higher fertilizer costs. I talked to a good friend of mine who was the ambassador to the United Nations Food Agencies. He's a farmer in Indiana. Their family farm is going to have, he said, an 84% increase in the total cost of doing business, which is just breathtaking. We have this current war going on in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Russia accounts for 15% of the worldwide trade in nitrogen fertilizer and 17% of global potash fertilizer exports. Here in the United States, we import 22% of our nitrogen fertilizer from Russia. So you can begin to see that Despite whatever the Fed does on the inflation front, the underlying supply shortage, which is part of what drives prices, is not going to change in the near future. So when you look at all that and you think about your years of experience dealing with precious metals, how do the two interact? What is it that happens that leads precious metals to be sort of a store of value 
when you have these kind of things going on? That's a great question. With precious metals, we want to understand what their role is. And it's to be that backup investment. It's an anti-dollar investment, which in this scenario, when we're dealing with inflation and we're dealing with supply chain issues, that's really coming down to, when you exaggerate it out, to a dollar issue. The loss of the power of the dollar is what really plays into hand here. Now, we sanctioned Russia. They're going to sanction back. This is the geopolitical world that we live in. We could say that if we had a stronger administration, this war would have never happened to begin with. But that's irrelevant to what we have to deal with. We are here. And how do we go forward? So we look at that and say, okay, we know that food is going to cost more, which is important. We all like to eat every day. The cost of a car, that's troublesome, but we don't buy cars every day. So we look at food and we look at gas and our day-to-day things that we need, and they're all going to increase in price. This is the scenario where gold is going to offer you an offset because your gold will become more valuable as the dollar gets weaker. And if food costs more and gas costs more, that's a weakness in our dollar. So we have our metals to offset that. Does it mean we want to trade it in today or tomorrow? Probably not. But we do know that our overall portfolio is going to balance out and offset the shortage that we're seeing and what we need from the day to day, which is important because we look at, you know, this increased cost from Russia, that's going to play into products in the stock market as well. There's many companies now that get affected by that. So you're going to see price reductions in share cost, what your rate of return is based on the scenarios that we're dealing with. Will we have to deal with the shortages on our livelihood? Yes. There's no way to fix that other than creating a scenario where we can get back to civilized terms with Russia. If that happens, I mean, that seems to be a difficulty we've had more than once in our world history. That will go away. But until then, we have to deal with it. So we choose to protect what we can, that portfolio. And that's what metals will help to do. When you talk about how gold reacts to changes in the financial system. Talk for just a minute about how people who were into gold and other precious metals in 2008 when the collapse came, which all of us remember because it was so fast and so deep, how were people who had hedged against inflation with precious metals and gold in particular, how were they protected from being sucked into the collapse? Great question. What happened in 2008 was very fast. It was unprecedented. We saw the world fall apart in the equities market seemingly overnight, starting with AIG leading to the closing of major world-renowned financial institutions. What gold did was it counterbalanced. The offset that we saw in equities and bonds, we saw an increase in the price of gold. So what we had happen was the seesaw effect. As equities and bonds lost value, gold became more valuable. So what that gives you is when you have a ratio on your portfolio established, you will see gold increase in value to offset your losses that you're seeing in the equities markets, that you're seeing in the bond markets, and eventually what led into the real estate market as well during 2008. People who had diversifications didn't feel that financial loss. 
So many people we spoke to in 2008 were saying, I can't retire now. I was set to retire next year. My portfolio has gone in half. How do I retire? And it's troublesome. And while you feel, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, but try to get them set up so that they can retire again soon. And that's what the precious metals does. It's that insurance on your portfolio, on your money that gives you that safety net that if and when the next collapse comes, you're prepared. You won't suffer that tremendous loss. You will have an asset that will outperform the losses that you're receiving. And that's true protection. Every family's financial situation is unique. But right now, one thing is certain. Inflation is out of control and eating into our savings and our retirement. That's why you need to talk with the experts at Legacy Precious Metals about investing your IRA or 401k in something you can count on, gold. At Legacy, we offer personalized customer service. We listen and provide you with the information you need to make an informed decision. At Legacy, you won't deal with pushy salespeople. You work with financial experts who offer tailored advice based on your financial goals. Protect your family and your investments. Find out if investing your IRA or 401k in gold is right for you. Talk with one of our financial experts at Legacy Precious Metals today. Call 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or download Legacy's free investor guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. When you founded Legacy Precious Metals, having already had this very widespread experience in dealing with customers and explaining the whole precious metals business, my sense was that you and your son decided it would be a different kind of company and that you would really serve in a kind of different way for your clients. Can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. Our goal is to actually help each individual that wants our help. We want to spend the time with them educate them on the process, talk about what their goals are and how to best go about meeting those goals. It's not a one size fits all. Everyone has different needs. Everyone has different timeframes. And when you compare scenarios, you may come up with some of the same assets, but you may come up with them in different quantities. You may come up with them in a different parameter. Some people may want to buy metals outside of an IRA. Some may want to do it inside of an IRA. It's a truly case-by-case scenario, and what we decided was to spend time with people to figure out how to best serve them by giving them as much education as possible, by making sure they understood the process, and by being fair to them in pricing and service. That was the goal, to be different from everyone else, and this is the road we've taken, to really make sure that We know that we're doing our part, not just for our customers, but for America too. The stronger the individual, the stronger the country. So let me ask a couple of really practical. When you're talking to people and they say to you, all right, I'm sold that we ought to do something with precious metals, but how do I decide between gold and silver as an investment? You know, and it's a great question. And part of that answer comes from where the metals are going to be stored. Is it going to be in an IRA? Is it going to be something you take delivery of? Is it going to be something you store at a depository? Because 
when you're dealing specifically in silver, silver, you're getting a lot more volume for your dollar. Gold's easy, right? A million dollars in gold, you can fit that in a shoebox. But silver is where you get the difficulties when you start getting, you know, a hundred pounds of silver delivered. You need to have a storage solution established beforehand. <laughs> Which do you recommend normally? Keeping it in a IRA or something where you, the company, has it? Or home storage? What do you tend to recommend to people? There's two answers to that question. The first answer is going to be, where is the money that you're concerned about coming from? If it's already in an IRA, we don't want to move that and take the tax penalties, right? So we'll leave it in an IRA because that's going to suit you better. Why pay more taxes than you need to? I think we all pay more than our fair share of taxes. And we don't want to add to that. So in that scenario, we're going to leave it in the IRA. We're going to get that tax deferred growth if you're doing it in a regular IRA tax free if it's in a Roth and we're not going to pay the owner's early withdrawal penalties and the taxes on the money that's there so in that case we're going to leave it in the IRA it makes the most sense if you've IRA's funded and it's protected and you have cash you want to protect then we'll take a look and say okay maybe we want to buy metals outside of the IRA something for delivery or for storage based on your scenario if you have the room for it if you feel comfortable having it not everyone feels comfortable having large dollar amounts of metals or, or any assets in their house. Isn't there a third precious metal? Is it platinum? Platinum. There's also palladium too. They're both considered precious metals, the four of them. But only gold and silver have a currency aspect to them. The others trade as an industrial metal and they're important. Palladium has risen tremendously. Platinum has fallen recently. And that has a lot to do with catalytic converters in cars. As we build better engines, we use less platinum. But that's really for somebody who's investing indirectly in a product that will be manufactured rather than somebody who's looking for something that'll be part of their currency-based model. Correct. It's good to have an industrial aspect as well. But that's not what most people are looking for in the beginning, right? They're looking for that protection first. That's fascinating. Now, in your experience, do people, once they invest, do they tend to stay with it and just keep it because of its long-term value? Or do they tend to go in and out the way they will with stock? It's been our experience that they tend to hold it. When you look at the way our economic system is set up in the United States, we're told that 3% inflation is a good thing. If you extrapolate that number, you lose so much value over time that holding precious metals offsets that. If you have your investment portfolio and you have it for 40 years, if we go with what the government wants, 3%, you've lost 120% of your value, your purchasing power. So we buy it for a short term and we realize what it is and we say, wow, I'm not going to get rid of this unless I have a need to do so because nothing is protecting me better. So... One of the theories is, I think, that the sooner you can get into this habit, the younger you are when you start, the more years you have for your investment to grow. I mean, is that a fair summary? That is. And I think that goes for almost any investment, whether it's the equities, bonds, or even real estate. You know, the act of starting in itself begins a trend. It begins a ritual for you. And that's important because you want to make your economic outlook to be something that is a habit. You want to be considering it all the time. It doesn't need to rule your life, but it should actually rule part of your actions on a daily basis. 
because that's how we get the success that we are looking for. And the sooner you start, the better. Let's say you're dealing with a college student or somebody who's just out of college or just out of high school. What's the smallest amount they can start with to build the habit? You know, and we tell people, because the way we're located and the way taxation works here in the United States, if it's less than $1,500, we'd have to charge you tax. In that scenario, what we're probably going to do is say, hey, there's a couple places around you. They may be a little bit more expensive per coin, but when you figure tax into it and everything else, it may make sense for you to go there and buy a silver dollar here and there when you have the money and just start putting it away. Start funding your IRA, and as you get a certain dollar amount, maybe diverse some of it into precious metals at that point and make it an active thing that you do so that you're always maintaining some form of balance in that portfolio. I'm curious. So is the tax you're paying, is it a sales tax or why are they paying tax? It is a sales tax. Because you're buying property. Yes, you're buying a physical item. And this was decided upon a long time ago. Once you break the $1,500 range, it's no longer considered a individual item. It's now considered an investment. Unless you live in a couple states, Minnesota being one where they do require that you get charged sales tax. That's wild. I mean, gold and silver are the unique examples where it is an anti-savings tax. That is true. Now, I, mean, I sort of understand it if it's in the shape of a ring or a bracelet or something you're buying at your local jewelry store. But if there ought to be some way to be able to buy it just straight up. So to go back to your point, I mean, if somebody just had the habit that once a quarter or even as seldom as once a year, they got something. As you said, in the early days, they bought some coins and then they gradually got other things until they got to a point where they could pay the 1500 plus and start making investments. Do you mean literally like as early as they can start doing it, they're increasing the length of time that they're accruing more and more value? Absolutely. You know, time matters. And you really drive home that point. I mean, the most important thing you can do for your retirement account is start it, right? Because the most important thing to getting returns is the length of time that you're invested. And that goes for almost any investment. But specifically for metals, the more time you give it, the better return you get. So when you're looking at things, you want to say, here's my plan. And also, I'm going to make sure I do this something for me so that 65-year-old me, if the retirement age is still 65, when you get there, I can do what I want to do. You want to be able to live that life. And it's about the quality of that life, which is all about the purchasing power of your dollar, right? It's not about how many you have. It's what those dollars do for you. And that's where your precious metals come in because it keeps. I remember in the Carter years, the last time we had really big inflation, somebody had this comment. They said, you know, I was looking forward to becoming a millionaire until I realized That'd be about the price of a Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, if you think in terms of cycles of, say, 10, 20, 30 years, how do you compare gold to stock market investments just statistically? You know, it's an interesting question. And part of the difficulty with that answer is I'm going to throw a couple things out there. And some of them you'll know. Some of the younger people may not. But, you know, the stock market sounds great. And they talk about the stock market in terms of overall return. What it doesn't consider is a person's portfolio. Just because the Dow did something does not mean that your portfolio did something. Each portfolio is different. So when we look at metals, metals are based on the metals price. So that return 
is that return. It doesn't matter what gold bar you have, what silver bar you have, your return is the same. With the Dow and with the stock, it depends on your specific portfolio. I remember taking a call from someone. They were involved in a company and they had a great retirement plan and the company allowed private purchases of its company stock in the retirement account. And everyone thought it was fantastic. And they were involved in natural gas and oil products and everyone was doing wonderful. Oil was going up and they were making a lot of money. And then one day, Enron went out of business. And you may remember the name Enron. Oil and gas did not go out of business, but Enron sure did. And it left everyone broke. And that's the difference. Oil and gas was great. Enron wasn't. And that's the difference between stocks and physical metals. It depends what stock. Because you have spent so many years looking at this stuff, do you have any sort of parting words of advice for our listeners about the current economy? Because, you know, there are a lot of people who are worried for a lot of different reasons. And I'm just curious, as a real professional who's looked at this for a long time, what advice would you give them in general? What's your sense of the economy? You know, my issue isn't what everyone thinks. Inflation's horrible. Don't get me wrong. And 16%, it's tremendous. Our biggest problem that we have right now is that federal budget, all right? The Fed's balance sheet has over $9 trillion on it. Of that $9 trillion, $4.3 trillion is U.S. Treasury assets. We couldn't sell those at market. They've bought back what they supplied. It's the most horrific thing I've ever heard. If they were a company, they would go to jail. And I'm not trying to beat the anti-Fed stick. There's enough people that do that. But from a numbers perspective, you cannot be this far in debt and be okay. I pose this question to you, Newt. As one of the people who was involved last with a balanced budget, how do you balance this budget? Could you do it in a year or would it take you a decade? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. We campaigned on a balanced budget amendment, which said we'd balance the budget in seven years. We got over 300 votes in the House, which was enough because it took a constitutional amendment. And then we got within one vote in the Senate. We were at 66. We needed 67. And so we had a dinner of the Republican House leadership, and we said, you know, what if we pretended that we passed the amendment because we got over 300 votes and we got over 60 votes in the Senate? And what if we just did it? We had a long evening and we all got excited. We were young and eager at that time. And we all got excited. And we said, well, in the balanced budget amendment, we said we could do it in seven years. So let's do it. So the following week, John Kasich, who was a great governor of Ohio and was the chairman of the budget committee and the key to this whole thing, John comes in and he says, guys, my staff has now looked at it and we're not sure we can get there in seven years. We think it may take 10. This was at the leadership meeting. We said, wait a second, John. We voted on seven. What do you mean you're not sure we can get there? He said, well, I'm just, you know, this is going to be really hard because he's the guy who actually carried the whole thing. So we put it to a vote and everybody in the place voted for seven years except one person, John Kasich. The following week at our leadership meeting, we gave him a marble plaque for his desk that said balanced budget seven years. Now, here's the funny thing. Because we had the largest capital gains tax cut in history, which really spurred economic growth, 
We reformed the Food and Drug Administration. We reformed telecommunications. We reformed Medicare. We controlled federal spending, although I always tell people we weren't just being stingy. We doubled the size of the NIH budget, the National Institutes of Health, because we thought biological breakthroughs would save so many lives and so much money. So it turned out it didn't take seven years. It took four. The other big thing was welfare reform. Having a work requirement suddenly changed almost everything. And the amount of money that was saved, there's a double savings. Not only do they get off of getting government money, they go to work and pay taxes. And so suddenly we had had a really big shift. But literally, we balanced it in four years. My guess is the current budget is such a disaster that you could do it in seven to 10, but I don't know that you could do it in much less than that. But the minute you started doing it, the interest rate effect and the expectation effect would be literally that day. And that's what happened to us back in that period. Listen, I hope Charles is going to be able to do this again. I want to thank you for joining me. You helped me and our listeners make sense of why we're experiencing such high inflation and gas prices and what impact that has on our current finances and our long-term financial future. Having your perspective of looking at this over the years is very helpful. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I want to thank you for having me. Thank you to my guest, Charles Thorngren. You can learn more about his company, Legacy Precious Metals, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howe, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newtsworld, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. And this episode of Newt's World was brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 